This is a Cherish podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Boudreau. I'll be taking you for an inside look behind the glamorous facade of the interior design industry. At a time when every aspect of the business, from sourcing to trends to marketing to dealing with clients, is undergoing rapid change. There's nothing like being confined to our homes for 10 weeks to make us all long to get outside and to spark a growing, pun intended, appreciation for nature. It's no wonder country house rentals are booming, nursery sales are through the roof, and you practically can't get your hands on a packet of vegetable seeds these days. Parks, gardens, and beaches are packed, sometimes to a worrying degree. City apartments with outside space have become the emblem of a new luxury, and outdoor cooking and entertaining whether with simple charcoal grills or elaborate, fully fitted outdoor kitchens, is the new national pastime. So what does this growing attachment to nature mean for our homes and gardens in the future? How will design adapt to and expand upon this desire for a connection between our homes and nature to make the experience of being home, even when we're forced to, more pleasurable, sustainable, and rewarding? I'm pleased to have with us acclaimed Atlanta-based designer, Suzanne Kassler, who has practically redefined gracious Southern living for today with her softly colored, restrained, and feminine rooms. Her line of furniture for Hickory Chair is hugely popular, and she also designs a very successful line of outdoor furnishings and accessories for Ballard designs. All you have to do is flip through any of her books and you will swoon. And not surprisingly, her work has always celebrated a close connection to nature. Welcome, Suzanne. It's great to be here. Great. I'm also happy to be joined today by celebrated Greenwich, Connecticut-based landscape architect Janice Parker. Janice has designed numerous gardens, both public and private, traditional and contemporary. She has an innate understanding of and appreciation for nature and plants. But she also knows that gardens and parks are appreciated and maintained when they function as more than just beautiful views, offering dining, relaxing, swimming, and opportunities to engage with nature. Janice was also behind one of my favorite moments in New York, driving along the Hudson River each spring, witnessing the hundreds of cherry and crabapple trees in bloom that she was instrumental in getting planted. Hello, Janice. Hi, Michael. Nice to be here. Join you and Suzanne. Thank you. So I want to get started with talking about what was happening even before the COVID crisis, because I think in the last, I would say, five maybe 10 years, there's been such a boom and appreciation for outdoor living. I mean, I think a big part of it was the new outdoor fabrics that have been developed, you know, through science, really. Acrylics and stuff, you know, used to be outdoor fabrics were stiff canvas. And then now you can get velvets, suede, all kinds of incredible outdoor fabrics. Furniture became more high style. I think everybody turned to the Southern and California way of living in the Northeast where I live. For a long time, people felt it wasn't worth investing much in outdoor uh, furnishings or whatever because you couldn't be outdoors that much. Now we treasure every minute we have from March to November. And also we saw that in interior design, Suzanne, I think you'll agree with botanical prints, green became an increasingly popular color and decor. What do you think sparked that and how is that going to continue? So why don't we start with you, Suzanne? Well, I have always connected interior design and the exterior design. And I know that on all of our projects, whether it's a renovation or new build, I always talk to the clients about having the entire team together from the very beginning, because I really want a house to have a whole flow 
that is not just the interior, but how you flow from the um, interior and exterior. And I do think that the LA way of living has always been an inspiration and such a favorite way that we think of living. They always have never had even an issue with any um, having to screen anything. So you literally can have your indoor space and exterior space so connected. So I have always felt that that was kind of one of my favorite ways of living. And years ago, I started trying to bring that concept into our interiors and create what we call exterior rooms. Outdoor rooms. Yeah, kind of exterior outdoor right. rooms. Right, but, you know, right. But it, it, so it's really kind of been something that um, I have been working with, you know, for like you said, many years, it's been a huge big thing. And also what's been so exciting and, and for all of us, you know, working with the architect, the landscape architect and the interior designer, you know, how we can really, really create a lifestyle because today design is creating a lifestyle for, for our clients. Right. Now, Janice, you have worked with many interior designers and famous architects. And how do you like, what's the best process for you? Do you think it's important to be involved at the beginning as Suzanne would suggest? Or how many times have you, I mean, not how many times, but how often do you have to deal with a house that's already been built or, you know, an apartment that has a terrace that's been worked on. How, how does that work for you, for your team? So we would probably have 30% projects that exist and 70% projects that are being built. Mm -hmm. So in the process of new construction, we are there from the beginning because we're a integral part of the permitting process. And we are working with the architect and usually um, there is an interior designer on board. So it's very important. Also, in an existing space, I ask people to have an interior designer. I, I know what I do, and I'm a landscape architect. I, there's so much great furniture out there, and there's so many things to know about it that I really prefer people have an interior designer that I can work with because I find that they bring so much to, not to make a pun, to the table. Mm -hmm. uh, and what's the most enjoyable process for us is to talk about the indoor-outdoor connection as early as possible with the architect and the interior designer. Because for years, I created great terraces I thought were great. But if they can't be furnished, they're not great. And if they don't hold the furniture and they don't allow the spaces to be what the people really need to be comfortable outside, then they're not great terraces. And I, I think the goal for all of the team, and certainly for us, is that we draw people outside because they're going to come right out into a domesticated space. They are going to go from an interior room that's comfortable with chairs and tables and things they're familiar with to go outside to have that same sense of comfort and connection. And then they can walk one step further and we try to make the segue between them and nature. So um, the goal is to get them out there comfortable. And then I kind of like, let the universe do the other part. And my job is really easy that way because Mother Nature will send in light and birds and sounds and gorgeous weather and they'll get up and they'll go out. But they're not going to just do that from a door. It doesn't make sense. They've right. got to come into another environment. Right. Kind of a So the garden is sort of a transitional space almost in a way. That's how I view it. The house and the wildness of nature. If in a, you know, in an ideal world, that's my thinking, you know, if you're going outside on a terrace, a penthouse terrace in New York, 
my thinking is still that, that mm-hmm. once they're comfortable outside, they're going to float out and sense what's really going on. I mean, it, with everything that has been going on the last few months, I realize I am not really sitting outside and looking at the moon very often. And I did it last night thinking that we were speaking today and mm-hmm. thinking about what it is yeah. to go outside and sit in a comfortable chair and look up. Yeah. Yeah. Everything has changed for that. Yes. It's been interesting. Right. The What has changed for all of our clients have really been spending so much time out in their outside spaces. And a lot of them, um, reached out to us, especially early on, kind of really appreciating that we had all taken the time as a team to create that connection so they could kind of go back and forth. And like you said, enjoy their kind of space that they've maybe never really been able to enjoy to the extent that they have recently. Right. It's interesting. I've been a weekend gardener for years, but now I'm living in my country house and I'm out in the garden not only every day, but probably eight times a day, taking breaks from work, during lunch, whatever. And it, that intimate connection, in yeah. a way, it took me a while. To, you know, I wasn't used to it because it was like, I'd come up on a Friday night or a Saturday morning and I would say, oh, everything had changed during the week. But when you go day by day, you realize nature is very kind of slow. And it's, it took me a while to <laughs> yes. slow my pace to yes. that of the garden, you know? But it's interesting to me, you know, like, when I was young, which admittedly was only about 10 years ago, um, <laughs> um, you know, landscape design was rather an obscure field. It was like, it was sort of thought of, it was kind of an afterthought to the building or the house. You know, the house would be done, then you'd hire somebody to put some shrubs around it and soften the lines against nature. But it is really, now, the, you, you know, and you're one of them, Janet, they're landscape design superstars. And I, I just love to get your thinking behind what, what has brought that about. And this is even pre-COVID. I think I would actually tip my hat to the design community editorial magazines and overall notice of it, because that's what connects us all as a community. The, the interchange of information, uh, you never would see a landscape architect or garden designer mentioned in a magazine. And now there's usually a tagline for us. So I think it came about in a couple of ways. First of all, people have to recognize that you have to take photographs of your work and you have to treat your work really seriously. And then you have to, when, once you start to do that, then you can speak to other architects and to les, uh, to um, interior designers and really show what you do. So I think there's been an overall influx of more sophistication about treating what we do as a discipline that requires the same amount of attention. It's not that easy to do. You've got to do more than go out with a Polaroid, you know, and uh, which that's how we did it old school (laughs) and take a picture at noon, you know, I mean, early on, right. right, You know, early on people would put out a book on gardens and you could tell it was all taken the first two weeks of July at noon. The and, worst time. Yes. You know, and they all look the same. And they all look like the same time of day. Right. Yeah. My friend Senga Mortimer, who was a famous um, stylist for gardens, for house and garden for years sure. in many magazines, she always said, everyone thinks my life is glamorous. She said, they have no idea. Yeah. I have to be up at four in the morning every yes. day, be out and, the, you know, get the whole team assembled and be out there at 5 a.m. really, because that's when the light starts. Yeah. People like John Hall and Durston Saylor and, you know, so many 
photographers and, and architects and interior designers started to realize right. what could be brought to it. But it's, it's, a, it's a specialty in itself to be able to show what happens outdoors. And I do think the editorial things that you were talking about, Janice, you know, when we started sharing the country houses in, whether they're in our country or other countries, and we started seeing that, and I do feel that that whole, we all love going out to that LA way of living. And I think then we all started wanting to bring that back because it only enhanced the architecture and the interiors. And all of us that are have a passion for design, we really see that the, the three dimensions together have a different impact on the whole creative process. And, and as we're talking that we're really creating this lifestyle for our clients, it isn't just about decorating or like you said, planting. It's about how we're living. And it really, I do think that whole thing with the editorial and the sharing and all, look at all the Instagram and all the things that have happened with our sharing of visuals people really are being inspired and really wanting that as part of their design. So when they come to us, it's not just with an interior photograph. And I think Janice, you've seen this. And as you said, we also get involved early with the landscape architect. And I will, we will say, you know, they have three teenage girls and they cannot fit at the pool. And so we really work together on how it's going to live and really, you know, they have ways they want to use the outside as well. Right. Absolutely. And I and it's really not landscape architects training to really know how to I mean some people are very gifted and just know how to set up a really inviting space that feels like an interior exterior but I love the interaction. Yes, I always love it. The landscape architects always do accuse me of that I have too many thoughts on it because I really have a passion and a vision. I think in my other life, I might have been in the landscape architecture business because, or field, because I, I just think it to me is just such a key part of our design. And it's exciting to see Janice how all of us have kind of been able to kind of really connect. It's so crucial, you know. It's really a team effort, and um, the more you work as a team, and and the more you collaborate, the better the project gets for the client. Right. And I really believe that. And everybody brings something very important to the table for the client. And it's very important. And, you know, we will be concentrating a little bit more on how to use not so much living areas, but a bench, an object, a fine, beautiful piece, an urn that maybe only the interior designer would know where to find it or get it from here or get it from there to keep drawing people, you know, so they're going to go further out and away from the house, but they're not necessarily on the terrace. So it's, it's a collaboration, you know, the interior designer helping us and the client understand how to move through the garden and enjoy it, not necessarily just in the areas they're going to spend time. It makes an itinerary, really. Right. You're leading them down the garden path, Janice. We are. <laughs> right, yes, right, right into trouble. <laughs> no, but I think that's so true. I think a lot of people, I think, are afraid of nature. Mm-hmm. And having a garden designer or working with an interior designer who understands the connection, even if you can't afford I mean, a lot of people cannot afford it a landscape designer, not that you're that expensive, Janice, I know, but, but they're afraid of it in a, as an abstract thing, you know, plants die, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they get freaked out about that. And as you, as you pointed out, Suzanne, a lot of places that aren't in California need screens. People are terrified of bugs or birds, whatever. 
But I think that has changed so much in the last 10 years. And, you know, now people, you know, outdoor dining and entertaining with the fancy kitchens and the wine coolers and the refrigerators mm. and the outdoor sinks, it's become a huge um, business. And I think that has changed the way people see outdoors as well. And I, I just wanted to know, what do you think is going to happen next? Because one of the things that's always amused me about gardens is there are trends in gardens, just as there are in interiors, you know, for, there used to be the very formal gardens. Then more recently, there was the rage for mass plantings, Pete Udolf and Jaap van Sweden, the grasses. Remember, there were whole gardens of grasses for a while. So how do you think people look at their gardens as related to their homes? And what do you think is coming next? Well, one thing that we've seen happen in the last few years, you know, before we would certainly talk about it architecturally, how the interaction would happen with the exterior. But now, and then we would, you know, get the house all designed and then we'd all say, okay, we now need to go outside. And what's it going to look like and what furniture are we going to get there? Today, I have just seen a huge, you know, it is just like a big change in the business about exterior, whether and it's exterior furniture and exterior, like you said, the lighting, the objects, the um, things you're doing outside. So that has been the biggest change. And our clients are coming even with that kind of sensitivity and wanting to really invest in that. Whereas before we're all, all like, you know, we just would get some furniture for the outside. Whatever Once was the left space the was designed. Well, what was, yes. and But now it's a big part of the, actually of the budget as well, because they're wanting more than just usually one space. You know, right. the, like the sequence of space, the, you know, is there a place by a pool? If there is a pool, is there just a loggia off the house? Is there now a fire pit that's kind of a destination where you can kind of go and have these kind of little kind of intimate get togethers with, with, you know, a fire going. So it's kind of been interesting to see, or like the little folly that's kind of out in the garden. I do think that it's been a huge focus. And now we are having to incorporate that into our budgets and into our interior design planning, the outside as part of the architecture. So that's a big shift. It's really big. And as you said, I've just seen so many options today for outside furniture, and we continue to design more. And like you mentioned earlier, Michael, all the fabric options, making it not even feel like you're outside. Absolutely. And Janice, have you found that your client base has expanded as a result of this awareness? I mean, are, are different kinds of people coming to you than previously? I have. And I think, you know, to address just one thing you had said before, I mean, the spaces have become very aspirational. It, yeah. it As opposed to just, okay, there's the terrace. It's an aspiration. It's, it's to have uh, something of beauty outside, even if you have no budget. You know, I, I mean, there's some great books called Eccentric Gardens and things like that, where people just do what they do outside. You know, Venice Beach is a great place to walk around and see that kind of thing. And I, I mean, we encourage that, absolutely. But we also recognize to manage people's expectations, we ask people to put aside a certain percentage for what will fail. Because we are, you know, I've often said to interior designers, I don't know if you've heard this one, Suzanne, but, you know, someone might be very, very unhappy with the wallpaper and the colors at the end of the day or the furniture. But when you go back to look at it, it isn't dead. It's still there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your couch didn't crumble into like a pile yes. of nothingness. 
You know, yes, there's still a couch. True. There's you a couch. It's still there. Yeah. The hurricane, the storms, the frozen, when it gets an early freeze. Yes. Right. And you have to deal with a lot of other things. How about we have to st- deal with the, the other things, all the pets and everybody that comes in and to the house and. No, I get the wildlife. (laughs) I suddenly had become a wildlife expert in the last 10 years. Wildlife is incredibly annoying. (laughs) They're eating all the the flowers. They're eating all the plants. Everything. Tell me about it. Every single thing out there. And the wildlife during COVID, as they've talked about so many places, like the bears are now in the parking lot of Yellowstone when no one was coming. I don't know whether it's my imagination or not. You can tell me what's going on in your part of the world, Suzanne. The, I've never seen so many birds. I had them be so The loud. birds. I it's have a, never seen amazing. so many birds. They're, they are nesting in our trees in ways that I have never seen them. And I even mentioned that the other um, last week. I mean, we've always seen birds, but they're really like happily flying everywhere. everywhere. I have seen species I've never seen before. It's yes. amazing. And why and, you do you know, think that is? Why would that happen? I think less pollution. Yes. And less traffic. And less traffic, less people around. Listen, wow. my house is an hour and a half from New York City, and there's a brown bear been spotted in the neighborhood. I have seen a bobcat. I mean, you know, an owl. I've never in my life actually seen an owl. We, say, we have an owl. We have an owl that I swear we've never known right. that it was there. Right. So I they're mean, spectacular, is, aren't they? Oh, they really are, and they blend into the tree. Yes, it's you very hard to You almost cannot them. even see them, but you can hear them first. Yeah, so I know true. they're fantastic, and they will clean up those chipmunks. <laughs> and I have a plethora of them. I see baby ones running around like mad. We've that owl will be taking care of that for you. <laughs> so you got to become an expert in animals' right. behavior. Janice. We have, and we have a lot of problems on the waterfront. Yes, Yes, ospreys uh, are a real problem. We learn all about them. And, and, And it is an issue for certain situations. It's absolutely an issue like the deer. The deer pressure on everyone's gardens, it's it's very significant and it yeah. and it really is a challenge. Yeah. You know, it really yeah. is a challenge. But there's that element of explaining to people that this is maintenance and it's there will be replacements and and it's going to change and it's going to shift. I think that really helps because otherwise people can be quite disappointed and and not understand, you know, that that's, you know, I've left them with all these puppies and kittens and left, you know, no. um, yeah. and, and I've had people say it to me that way. Well, what, now what do I do with all these things that are yeah. alive? How do I feed them? How do I take care of them? <laughs> you know, and, um, and so there's that issue, but I do, I do think that we could notice industry-wide there's a way to do this very inexpensively to go outside and enjoy yourself and and also a way to do it when you have the time to plan. So many people right now have have not had the time to plan because suddenly they were home. Right. And they never expected to be. Right? Like you were saying. But I do think that they have been surprised at how much they are enjoying because the timing mm-hmm. of this whole you know, spring is always the kind of sometimes for a lot of parts of the country, one of the most favorite outdoor times after being, you know, inside for the winter. So the timing was interesting as well to be at home this much and yes. then to be really able to experience really spring, like maybe mm-hmm. some of us haven't appreciated for forever. And I think uh, like I just had so many people um, noticing it, talking about it. We've had people really 
kind of rethinking how they lived in their house. And we had already kind of, a lot of the people that we've worked with had kind of planned it, but it's been really, I think, kind of an interesting time. And I think it's going to only continue. Hi, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I hope you're loving the Cherish podcast. My name is Anna Brockway, and I'm the co-founder and president of Cherish. I wanted to take a quick second to tell you about a not-to-miss event happening on Cherish this Thursday, June 11th. As the weather warms up and stay-at-home spring turns into stay-close-to-home summer, outdoor living spaces have never been more important. This Thursday, June 11th, Cherish will be hosting our first summer outdoor sale where design lovers can virtually see and shop everything that's new in outdoor design from the best leading outdoor brands and our top vintage dealers. Look for outdoor furniture, lighting, rugs, decor, umbrellas, and more from top brands and leading manufacturers like Oomph, Century Furniture, Lane Venture, and Casa Cosima. Hope to see you on June 11th. And now back to the show. But I do think that this COVID crisis, you know, has changed everything and has, has sparked a much more intimate connection with spring, with nature. And I think that people are, have learned something from this, that they're not going to want to give up, you know, the, the, right. this sort of connection they're feeling. So I'm curious about what both of you think is going to happen next. Once, please, dear God, let there be a vaccine, a treatment at least, a vaccine soon, so that life can get back to somewhat normal, it'll be a new, different normal. But, you know, what? how do you think it will affect the way people think about their homes and their environments, their larger environments? Well, I think that what has happened even more than ever is this appreciation for home. And all of us in that design world, we're seeing that our, you know, I think it's going to be a real positive influence and impact for all of us because that sensitivity and appreciation really translates into them even needing our help to to create some of the environments that they realize that they either have or might want to we we have a lot of our clients now that actually you know a lot of us work on houses that are where they have more than one home and they were going from one home to the next and i do think that the appreciation and even people that were in their apartments i mean it just seemed like everyone is talking about their homes and how important it is. And all of us who've been in the design business, that to me has always been so critical, how we make people's lives better by creating a lifestyle that is about your home. So I kind of like the appreciation and I think the sensitivity toward that and the business side of it is going to be really a positive for all of us in our industry. What about you, Janice? Do you think that people are going to want to be spending more time and money on their gardens? I do. And in interesting ways. So being, uh, I was born and raised in New York and being in and out of New York. And what we're seeing is an, an enormous need. People are really wanting to leave. Yeah. You know, they're wanting to leave. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, um, but it's a, it's happening. Yes. And certainly not be in a city to not be in the city. Yes. Correct. And then in New York, where there's so many people dependent on the theater arts and the arts in general, the and, 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 right. and, and that's really challenged. Yes. And um, we're getting calls a lot that have to do with how their life has changed because of the pandemic. So throughout the suburbs, 
for sure people have been renting for, like mad like just yes i've seen renting figures about anything that. right mm-hmm. they also have great sense we're finding from people who are calling that there is no time to build they want to move and they want to move now. They mm-hmm. want to get their kids into a school or they, if they're mm-hmm. going to work at home and their children are going to be at home, they need a bigger home. They have to have their having home offices. They think they may stay in a home office. Right. Um, they need two not home sure. offices. Correct. <laughs> and they're not yes. sure that they yes. ever want to commute again. Right. Right. There. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of that. So, so there's a, um, I think there's going to be an enormous amount of renovation work and people shifting right. spaces, buying, taking, right. you know, moving to a larger house or a smaller house, not just moving out of the city, but uh, just rearranging, noticing not only how much, as, as Susanna is saying, they appreciate their home, but also noticing the changes they would like to make right. in their right. home. Right. I, I agree on that. Does that mean a too. new home? Yes. Right. right. Does that mean a different... Or adding an addition onto the home Correct. that they already have or renovating. Mm-hmm. We've got right now like three renovations happening that mm-hmm. um, like, and, and what happened in the middle of all of this, they all need now an exercise place at home that they did not need yes, before. Yes, at home gym. So as Janice is saying, that we have this kind of continuing, like almost in a way, it's happening what how how you're really using your home differently aside from the home office and that's a huge big change we were putting home offices in a lot of second homes but not always as many in the main home it was interesting how so that's kind of now being like you said Janice switching around you know, and one this, thing that we yeah. find whenever we're doing a home office we always want an outdoor space with it mm-hmm. because they like to be in the home office and take their laptop or their phone and go out right outside and maybe sit and do some of their business dealings, you know, outside, but very close connected to their home office. So we've been seeing that kind of thing happening. I think that this change, you know, is at warp speed. I have, you know, people are resistant, generally (laughs) resistant to change in many ways. And we'll, you know, maybe just dig in their heels to it and and stay in one place or stay in their home. And this has been the fastest amount of change I've ever experienced in my pretty long life. And it is just at warp speed. Things are so different and they're going to stay so different. And I don't know really anything that hasn't changed that affects the way people work and the way they live and the way they raise their children and their families and how they feel about their grandparents and their older relatives. And um, I'm not sure people know. I, I do think that I'm I'm so proud of how everybody has handled the changes. Do you know what I mean? People have leapt into doing their business remotely. They've leapt right. into figuring out how to handle homeschooling and working. I've seen people, you know, when everything is normal, we can all operate pretty well. But in a crisis, you really see, right, what people are really made of and what they're really going to do. And I've been so impressed by sort of the very, very quick decisions, like Suzanne is saying, let's renovate, let's make a new gym. They're very quick decisions, but they're being done in a very logical fashion. Well, also yeah. in a creative, um, it's interesting. It's mm-hmm. in a creative. I, I think the creativity is also been, I've seen it. Um, I've certainly felt 
really creative. Um, there's time to have be creative. And again, when people like you, Michael, you were saying the time that you've had to enjoy your garden differently during times of the day that maybe you never did before. I think that's happening in people's homes. And then like we were also saying this whole connection to cooking outside, having just, it's, and even playing outside. I know the other morning I had gotten uh, my new ballad, my furniture outside by their pool. And I went out to read and I don't know that I had thought about doing that before because I, I would love to, I love looking at my outside, but I, I didn't experience it as like where I was really comfortable. Like that's another destination. So what's interesting though, for all of us in design, it's, it kind of, is just reinforcing what a lot of us, Janice, have been doing all along. And maybe now people are really taking advantage of it. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yes. You go outside. Not going to the theater. You're not going to a restaurant. Right. That's right. It's kind of been interesting how we're all kind of, you know, we're really maximizing all of our options at right. our home. Right. Right. Crazy. And what I find myself doing, in, well, between Zoom meetings or whatever, is running out in the garden and weeding. You know, there's something very <laughs> meditative about it. We have not it, done know? that. I have not done that. Michael. I do that. I'm it's telling like you. takes me yeah. out of whatever I'm doing in just 15 minutes. And God knows there's always plenty of weeds there. You don't have to worry about that. So it's just <laughs> a very Zen kind of meditative thing. As it gets hotter, Michael, they slow down. I hope so. Because yes, now you're going to be like fine everywhere. in July and August. No, oh they're, just, they're just they're just busy right water. now. Then I'll go out and water. Yeah, but, um, yeah you'll be fine in a few weeks. But that does bring me up something, another aspect of gardens, which I think people are discovering is, you know, we tend to think of gardens as, you know, spaces you sit in, spaces you look at, they're designed, they go with the house or they don't, but hopefully they go with the house, they go with the style of the house, they have a style. Thank you, Janice. But I do think that gardens are really healing. And I think that that's an aspect of nature that people are rediscovering as well, if, if they ever right. knew it at all. Right. Um, right. And I'd love to get your guys' takes on what, what that means for the future. I mean, is there going to be more ecological awareness, climate change? You know, I mean, God knows we have had some severe weather due to climate change. How do you think people are going to think differently and feel differently about their outdoor spaces? Well, I think that it is um, going to stay in terms of, because we've been seeing this trend even before. Mm -hmm. um, the, the appreciation and the extension of the uh, architecture to the outside. And as I said, we would call them almost, you could almost create an, an interior room, but you're outside. So I think that was already happening. What's happened now is people had more time to really understand that it really can be a dimension in their life that's kind of really important. And so, like you said, Michael, it was giving everyone, um, everyone's had time to reflect and be more creative. And I, I kind of think that's the positive part. What right. do you think about that, Janice? Well, you know, a funny anecdote would be that I have many clients who have never gardened and never intended to garden, who are, you know, during the quarantine, did not want gardeners at their house. And I'm FaceTime, they're FaceTiming me to ask me how to put the lavender in the pot. You know, and these are people Every who've detail. never been near a pot or a lavender plant, you know. It's nice and, that you have such diversity in your skills, Janice. Yes. And so, you know, so, I mean, these are people who really wanted to do it. There wasn't much else oh to gosh. do in quarantine, yeah. right? right? 
So there's an enormous amount of, of, they're educating themselves about what is this? Do I want to do it? Do I care about it? But I think the gardeners garden on a fire escape. They garden on a windowsill. They're always going to garden. And people, people who really love it, there may be some new acolytes, right? But people who love it have always loved it. There is a, a big trend towards doing vegetables and doing a vegetable garden. And That's what I, I found yeah. people were doing. They've, I have yes. so many friends yes. that have started a vegetable garden, an herb garden. They're starting small and they literally are, that's kind of been what I've seen because they really want to incorporate it into this cooking that is completely, I think, I think the, the big thing, like you said, Janice, people are really cooking now. And I think right. that's going to be another big trend. Mm-hmm. You know, our kitchens are no longer just for hanging out. They're really being used differently than right. ever. Right. So these vegetable gardens, it's so fascinating how many of my friends have, and then they have added those chicken coops so they, they have. can have their own eggs. Yes, that's a and new trend. That's been, that's been a trend for a while, but yes. we've had another, I've had people again mentioning that. So that is an interesting dimension that's happening you know, the cooking and the outside and then that kind of connection, it's kind of been, you know, because all the people that we know were watching those cooking, like Ina and Martha Stewart, they always went to their garden to get their things, the eggs to get, you know, and all the things bringing it back in. And so it's, I think that's been fascinating. And I think that's been in a reaction to the, to COVID Mm-hmm. And being more nervous about shopping and thinking, what can I do to remove myself from, you know, the agribusiness, not just for my health, but uh, for, you know, more organic, but just in general. And luckily, growing vegetables is very easy. And um, I always think back to, I mean, I'll age myself. There was a PBS <laughs> show called um, Mr. Crockett's Vegetable Victory Garden on PBS. And it was, I grew up watching it and adored him. I have all his books. And the Victory Garden after World War II was real. You, if you plant a couple of zucchini, you can feed the neighborhood. <laughs> you will have more <laughs> zucchini than you know what to do with. And I have been, you know, absolutely thrilled to see that people are really doing that because it's very rewarding. It's very fast if they put out, uh, you know, yeah. lettuces and well, radishes. Yeah, because it's been farm to table. At, you know, so mm-hmm. many of the special, I mean, that's been a trend happening, certainly in the restaurant business. And people now kind of have been wanting, I've just been surprised that they were kind of incorporating that into at their own homes. Right. I was course- too. And it, you have to support. Yeah. I've had a lot of people supporting those artisanal growers because there were no restaurants, no schools open. So the people who were growing vegetables for the service industries um, and the artisanal vegetables, let's say here in the Hudson River Valley for the restaurants, the restaurants closed down. No one want, They can't sell their crops. Right. So they've been doing baskets um, and delivering them of fresh organic vegetables that are amazing. So, you know, people have said, well, I could do this. Yeah. Well, I think also I grew up, you know, vegetables came out of a can or they were overcooked to death. (laughs) Um, And I think people didn't know what vegetables were. And when you really get fresh vegetables, it changes your whole view of life, really. Um, I mean, I think that's another thing that's, you know, I mean, yes, you can end up with a thousand dollar tomato by the time you've built the beds and you've got the dirt. But I think there is this sense that people are really discovering something that's very primal and as you said, Janice, it's not that hard. I mean, yes, you have the bugs. Yes, you have the deer. But, you know, you're going to get a lot yeah. of zucchini because even yeah. the deer then, don't like them. <laughs> well, and also having it shared, you know, like when you see, 
you know, like I said, whether it was Martha Stewart or Christopher Spitzmiller, they're all the chicken coop. When you and right. then the people, um, Stephen Brooks Giannetti, when you start seeing and you kind of relate to them and you kind of it makes it seem more like something you could incorporate in. So well, I they do make think it the social media too, thing, you know, you know, the, the whole sharing that we do right. on social media, and it kind of came back to that in the beginning. You were talking about that, Janice. I do think that sharing is inspiring and is enabling people to really do things that maybe they never would have thought of doing before. And then, like you said, having the time, because before maybe none of us had thought about taking the time to focus on some of these other dimensions in our life. Right. Right. It's very challenging because the town halls are closed. And so you have to be communicating with them in a different way, but we've been trying to permit chicken coops in people's front yards for a while <laughs> because there's nowhere That's else. That's kind of a challenge, them. I think. That's yes. a challenge. Yes. So some of the more Tony towns around here, yeah. They've never been asked. They're like, I don't know. Maybe you can do a chicken coop in the front yard. <laughs> so, you know, I'm yeah. not sure if you want that. But <laughs> right. Um, right. there's been quite a few have cropped up in the last few weeks. And right. uh, it's pretty amusing because the town doesn't even know what to say. We don't, we don't even have a regulation for a chicken coop. Right. <laughs> so funny. So funny. So I, clearly there's going to be more chicken coops in our future. Everywhere. There's, there's going to be more vegetable gardens. What else do you see? I mean, do you think there's going to be more glass in houses, more sliding doors or French doors that open Mm -hmm. up outside? How do you think this is going to be reflected in the next year or so in terms of design, indoor and out? I just think, like you said, maybe the the outdoor space will be thought of. And, you know, like we are working on a couple of renovations and we are making more of the windows into doors. You know, we're kind of looking at how the flow, so you can go inside and outside. And so I think that's kind of one step forward that that we're seeing in the architectural interior design part of, the, of our world. And I, I think that, again, I had see, been seeing this for many, the last, like you said, three to five years as a huge focus, a big change anyway, um, this whole outdoor way of living as part of your main house. I just think now people have had time to understand how important it really is to be, you know, maybe before they would do it, but they didn't really understand the dimension of it unless they were in one of their second homes and they're really doing it in their main, main homes now. Right. And Janice, what do you, what do you see coming? Because God knows there's trends in flowers. I mean, it seems like now suddenly everybody I know has a black purple iris, Um, (laughs) you know, so what do you see people wanting? What have they been asking for? And what do you think they're going to be asking for? I'm suggesting the apricot iris myself. <laughs> I uh, I have my eye on where they are, and I that's how I ended up in this business. My first memory is of a peony of a flower, like eighteen months old. I've been, I would be cutting people's flowers. I was waiting just like they were. It was terrible as I was a child. So what do I think? I think that people, you know, the obvious things are, you know, the fire pits, the outdoor kitchens, the. Um, you know, making sure you have great Wi-Fi when you go out. But I think it's also going to be, like Suzanne said, a couple of living spaces, not just mm-hmm. one, right? I just ordered I just ordered a ping pong table from Ballard that for the outside exactly. that I would Aren't never have thought of doing. And it's it's that, like you said, how many, it's dimensions that we never even thought of creating outside. That's right. And there are some great ones. We did one on a terrace last year. Yeah. Um, I think people, certainly in New York City, have always valued their outdoor space mm-hmm. because it is so valuable. 
you know, it, it comes at a high cost. Yes, it and, does. And therefore it needs gonna to be higher, function. I think. Yes. Yeah. And it needs to function and it needs to function well. And one thing that, you know, I'm sure Suzanne and everybody looks at, though I do find architects need a little directing on that is storage for all of the things that they are that bringing outside. That is a outside. huge part, a yes. huge part. Yes. Huge part of it because the that's what they will call every- us about that they're ruined. The cushions are ruined. Yes. We, <laughs> like you said, the, the flowers are dead and the cushions are ruined. <laughs> <laughs> That is the reality, isn't it? That's yeah, and it needs to be nearby. Right. And we've done some things right. that are sunken in the ground, so they actually are not. So you Whatever. can put big cushions in them, but they only are 21 inches high to sit on or 18 as a bench, but they go down into grades. And so people right. can quickly put their cushions away because no matter how much you suggest, I'm uh, Suzanne would know, sling and furniture without cushions, people want to be comfortable. They do. And they want to also, like we call it that, lifestyle, creating a lifestyle, just like the outdoor kitchens, everything is designed now that you can, like you said, the storage, all of that is part of the whole dimension to create a successful experience. So I think that's kind of um, why they have the design team. We're thinking of all those practical things to incorporate in as well as the beautiful spaces that are being created. It's definitely an interior designer who looked at one of my plans (laughs) for an outdoor kitchen and said, what? are you doing? Nobody <laughs> wants to look at someone's rear end while they're cooking. <laughs> Turn it around. <laughs> Why have you that, got that puppet that facing cute. that way? That is Very cute. good <laughs> advice. <laughs> that is true. That is such a great one. And so that interaction, you know, I mean, I, I'm a landscape architect. I'm not a kitchen designer. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 So, you know, it's right. all, it all works together. Um, Collaboration is so important. There is a certain amount, I think, of extreme sensitivity to, I would almost even say a great deal of kindness about wanting to be sure people are comforted and nurtured in their space, you know? Um, That it not only look good and work for them because they eat out there once a month, but that they can find comfort all the time. And and one of the things that started happening for... um, myself, which I'm thinking it's, I will translate into my clients. I then found these tablecloths we had bought in France at some, in the country that were all printed and colorful. And then I got out our beautiful crystal glasses from Prague that were like this turquoise blue that matched. And what I've started seeing is this whole other dimension of entertainment things that I need for outside, aside from, you know, it kind of translates from the space to, like you said, the garden, then down to the tablecloths and the, all the things you're using. So I think Michael and Janice, it's going to be a really exciting time for a lot of people in our industry and um, to bring in all these kind of things and people are really going to use them. I agree. You know, and it's interesting when you use your garden or your outdoor space, maybe on the weekend, Maybe things that didn't quite work correctly didn't bother you that much. But when you're out there every day, and this goes, yes. applies also inside, yes. but when you're right. there every day, or you're having breakfast right. every morning, oh, right. this doesn't work right. So, I was, but that's what I've been noticing. I yeah, think I need this. I need right. something Once more a week, casual. you don't mind being yes. kind right. of annoyed, but right. then yes. every day of the week, you're a little annoyed. That's not a great right. way to start the day. <laughs> and I think that's why people want to renovate. And I do think that if we have to entertain outside more, which with social distancing we do, 
we want to do it with style. And I right. think that, that, you know, you want the surroundings to be beautiful. You want the table to be beautiful. You want to have fun, you know? And I think that that's bodes really, really well. Cause even if we go back to a somewhat more normal right. way of working and living, I think we've learned lessons that will apply. I mean, I love the image of you sitting out in the dark, looking at the moon on that comfy chair, Janice. You know, I think maybe we all want to take a little bit yeah. more time, even when we are right. busy, to enjoy our outdoor spaces and nature and the weather. And even if it's a little buggy, or you don't have your screens, it's worth it. And I think people have learned that lesson. And I think- I agree. We agree. You, we think that's great. We love that. And the I two agree. of you are such exemplars of how to do that with style and grace. And I- you know, such talents. I'm so pleased that you could be here today. I really have enjoyed our talk. Well, thank you for having us. We love being together and sharing. It was great. Thanks for listening to the Cherish Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or colleague. Or even better, go to the iTunes store and post a review. We appreciate your help in spreading the word. And we would love your ideas for future episodes please email us at podcast at Cherish.com. The Cherish podcast is produced by Britta Muller and edited by Max Solomon of Hanger Studios in New York. Until next time.